The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing page optimization expert Tim Ash is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Hello, Webmaster Radio listeners. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And today we're going to continue our series of interviews with conversion thought leaders with Keith Hagen, who's the co-founder of Conversion IQ. Welcome to the show, Keith. Hey, thank you, Tim. Hey, so uh, you have uh, spoken at the Conversion Conference before, and uh, you know, we just wanted to get your impressions of that. What's it like to be around for the birth of a new industry? Yeah, you know, it's great. I was at the first one as an attendee, and uh, I was really grateful to be there um, in terms of I, you know, I'd been doing it for years, and, and uh, it was fi- nice to finally have something you know, to go to uh, a place to be. And then, uh, this last time, uh, in Chicago, I spoke. Uh, so thank you very much for, for, uh, for allowing me to do that at the conference. And it was, um, it was eye opening. I'm, I'm fairly uh, new to speaking, but it was, it was a very gracious, uh, and welcoming, uh, group of people that, uh, that attended. And, and I learned a lot. And I think it was overall a, a, an excellent place to learn about conversion optimization. So, if, if you know, for the folks that don't know what you do, can you kind of describe uh, your company a little bit and, and how you guys help the other companies? Sure. Um, so, Conversion IQ is really uh, our our mission is to to bring the the large corporate type of uh, continuous improvement programs that run within large companies, uh, bring that to the lower level companies that that, uh, that don't have the resources to do that work. So that's where we set up a program, uh, continuous improvement program, that uh, we call Scope, that just gives ongoing recommendations and um, we test those recommendations as often as possible and we try to make those recommendations based on insights and um, and that's really our mission is to bring that that the the more um, uh, mature the more, mature yes exactly to make small companies into into mature testing organizations yeah okay well well let's let's talk about that because that sounds great but it also, I guess, has sounds to me like it has some inherent contradictions. So I just want to see how you're dealing with those. So when you say, you know, uh, continuous improvement and, and optimization, things like that, in big companies, usually there's somebody who's a point person or even a whole team responsible for initiatives like that. So in a small company, people wear a lot of hats. So how does that translate? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And at those, you know, I've been that person and part of those teams at those large companies. Um, it, you know, with people wearing a lot of hats, I, I think the one thing that uh, has been very uh, good for us is that they welcome outsourcing the role 
and and the focus. And so we take on that that focus, and and we really do, um, you know, we, we take on the analysis, we take on uh, anything from customer surveys, user testing, uh, conducting focus groups uh, with customer service sales reps, whatever it takes to to get those insights. And then we come back to them with with our insights and recommendations, and kind of manage uh, manage them a little bit, or manage that side of what they should be doing. So it really is an outsourcing um, uh, role that we play. Okay, so you, you become that that, we, that we become that part of their organization. Yeah, sometimes we joke around that they get a director of e-commerce. We're a director of e-commerce for hire. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. And then do you ever find that uh, the problems uh, with the small companies aren't necessarily even their you know, process or it's it's really kind of the the small company mentality. I mean, do you have to kind of take someone kicking and screaming into the optimization arena? Well, uh, you know, the companies that we deal with are are really the next couple tiers down from the larger companies that have these optimization in-house optimization um, resources. So they're they're not tip they're not really small. Um, and what we find is just the opposite, Tim, is that uh, in large companies, and we have a couple of large companies as clients, that uh, the large companies move slower. There's more bureaucracy. There's uh, just the pace, uh, the corporate pace moves slower. And that's fine. But one thing we really like about working with the smaller companies is that there's less decision makers, um, there's more momentum, and uh, you, you can get things done and move along faster. So. So, so Vern Harnish, I used to be in this uh, organization called the Entrepreneurs Organization, or EO. He, he calls these kind of growing companies gazelles because uh, their advantage is speed. It's not scale. It's not like a rhino that's going to battering ram you eventually by leaning on the wall. <laughs> right? It's the gazelle that will outrun the rhino. Um, exactly, yeah. yeah. So we have a lot of gazelles. It's, it's great to work with them. Uh, and do you specialize in uh, e- any kind of uh, verticals you do, or e-commerce, B2B, B2C? No, we don't. We've got individuals within Conversion IQ that um, uh, focus on, on different elements. So we've got uh, B2B and e-commerce are, are really uh, what we do most of, but we also do a bit of content um, and uh, – you know, but really, the, it really ranges. If we feel we can do a good job, we'll, we'll take the clients. So. Okay, so you're focusing when you say optimization. I mean, primarily on testing, right? It's not, uh, uh, or, or do your recommendations also include consulting and changes to their business and other things like that? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, we see ourselves as an insights company that does testing. So not not as a testing company. And so it's really about uh, we try to get as close to the customer as possible, find out what their needs are. And so there is a lot of that consulting. I would say that happens not in, you know initially in the engagement when we're focused on low-hanging fruit. But as we grow and get to, as we get, go along with the uh, program and get to know the business and get closer to those customers, um, we're able to – uh, work with work with the business in that type of role as well. So, but primarily, it's gaining those customer insights, uh, finding out where the obstacles are, why people aren't buying, um, and then making those recommendations. And then, of course, following through. Recommendations are great, but if you don't prove um, that they're winners, um, you know, it, 
it's kind of pointless making the recommendation in my mind. So, Right. Okay. So let's talk about testing. That's probably a good segue into testing. Or actually, well, when you say you're an insights company, what's the difference between insights and testing? So insights is really, we're trying to gain, we're trying to gain um, uh, knowledge as to what the customer wants and why they're buying. And when you're, when you do a test, it's great. You can move things around a page. Um, but unless you know, unless let's say that you've watched some user testing and you can get great insights from user testing. So you watch, you know, say a much small battery of tests, let's say five to 10 and you see, um, users, um, probably more than one users having problem finding, let's say you sell cigars and, you have users who come in and say, well, you don't sell my particular brand of cigar, but I want to know exactly how bold the, the cigars are. I really wish you could categorize your cigars by boldness. I'd like to navigate and find out your selection by how bold they are. Right, and as so, opposed to how, you know the brand or, or, or the, the, the size of them or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Or the country or, you know, exactly. And so we, you know, we, we take a look at that insight and maybe we put some, uh, a poll on the site and the poll says, you know, would it, would it be valuable? Would you like to, um, view our cigarettes by, by, um, by the strength or the boldness of them. And so if we, if we see the results come in, then we know, great, we've got a good recommendation to make. Um, we, We'll wireframe out the approach, um, look at the taxonomy, um, maybe look at the data structure, and then we make the recommendation. And we work with the resources through it. And then when everything's ready to test, let's say it's adding a new navigational segment, uh, uh, typical left nav and uh, top nav, and it's just adding a couple of uh, elements to those, um, to those areas throughout the site, then we would test that. And uh, and report back out on whether it's a win or not. Okay. Well, well. When we come back after the break, I definitely want to dive into the testing and all of its uh, various uh, permutations. Uh, we will be back in two minutes after a break from our fantastic sponsors. This is your host Tim Ash for LPO Landing Page Optimization. More LPO Landing Page Optimization in just a moment. Are you losing money because of a poorly designed website? Frustrated by low conversion rates on your online campaigns? Then come to Conversion Conference East 2012. Rasco here for WebmasterRadio.fm inviting you to Conversion Conference East 2012, October 9th and 10th in my backyard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Learn strategies used by the world's top conversion, usability, and testing experts to turn more clicks into customers. Immerse yourself in two days of interactive learning from 33 breakout sessions and three incredible keynotes from landing page optimization guru Tim Ash, conversion scientist Brian Massey, and the brain lady Susan Weinshank. Here's exciting news. You'll save $500 if you register as an early bird on or before September 7th. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 10% discount on your pass. When you register online at conversionconference.com with the promo code WMFM. Don't be left out. Join us at Conversion Conference East 2012, October 9th through 10th in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Go to conversionconference.com or click on the Conversion Conference logo on the WebmasterRadio.fm website now. 
rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its your virtual webmaster frat house. Webmasterradio.fm. Hey, bring your togas. Webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Welcome back to LPO, landing page optimization, only on Webmasterradio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, landing page optimization. And I'm talking today with Keith Hagen, the f- co-founder of Conversion IQ. Now, Keith, we're talking about uh, how to help companies and understanding their visitors and their and the companies themselves, and, and all the insights that can produce. But let's switch gears and talk about testing. Um, what are some of the biggest mistakes that companies make when you know you're suggesting tests to them, or, or what do they, where do they want to go? Where you have to kind of rein them back and then say, "Whoa, there, fella." I know it's you know the test Tim is the new shiny tool and it, it, the test tools that are coming out today are fantastic. It's not um, you know not what we had to wring our hands with a few years ago, um, and because of that, there's there's uh, there's infinite possibilities uh, about how to how to prove, and everyone's got an idea. Um, so the biggest mistake does go back to insights. Is that people aren't, or companies aren't letting insights drive their their testing program, and so that's we talked about that, and we'll leave it there. But that's really the biggest issue. After that, it's probably um, technical challenges being challenged, uh, under, having the technical people understanding how to properly test or even how to restrict a test to just one set of elements. Um, an example might be uh, the other day I had someone ask me, um, can we test these, these trust badges the same time we trust, uh, same time with, that we test the, uh, the header area of the website? Two separate, completely separate tests, um, but they were going to run them together, and, and you know it's not uncommon to have a test come out completely flat because one's a winner and one's not. Um, so you really want to have a good methodology and, and, and be able to isolate what you're testing. So that's a good challenge. Okay, so how, let, well, let's start with even prioritizing tests. First of all, what do you when you are considering doing a test? How do you decide which ones to do in what order? And then also, when is it not a good idea to do testing? Under what conditions or in what kind of situations? Yeah, uh, Tim, we're fortunate in the way that when we um, we really prioritize our t- uh, the first few tests that we do, um, we prioritize them against low-hanging fruit that we think will have a big impact. So um, we we tend to we within a smaller companies. We tend to be the experts that, that really recommend it, and, and once we have a, a win or two, um, we're really given the reins to it. So there's unlike a larger organization that I've been in, where people are struggling, um, 
kind of arm wrestling over over what to test. We don't really have that problem too much because they look at the, they look to us as the experts. Well, I don't um, mean necessarily that uh, you know you're going to have them challenge your ideas. I just meant when you're deciding what to test. I mean, when you say, oh, okay, certain data sources are not good for testing, or certain parts of the site that might be you know involved making functional changes to the site that that's not low hanging fruit. I mean, how do you prioritize? Oh um, yeah, we prioritize. That's that's uh, great. We prioritize um, really based on um, what's easy to test is is a good consideration. Um, what's going to have a, a a big impact, um, or so we think, and um, you know, technically, what what can be what can be uh, uh, what can be done or understood within the business. So it, it's it's a little complex feel as as an analyst when you go through the priorities of of all the insights that you've gathered or opportunities we call them that you kind of go through them you categorize them as we categorize them as low-hanging fruit or um, more involved and so from that list we take a look at it and if there's something that we can do such as changing a headline that is just a copy change and that's looks like a good opportunity we'll try we'll try that um, after that, switching out images or navigational items, which is usually easy in testing as well, we'll try that. Um, anything that requires collateral to be created, uh, either images or, or technically by the client, we, we try to put those a little bit back. So, Okay, so, yeah, so basically least effort is, seems to be kind of what you're going towards. In other words, you know, like say a copy change is trivial, even swapping out graphics is easy. But then as soon as you start getting into, oh, okay, yeah, let's, let's change this call to action from a form field to a white paper download and you, the client, go write a white paper, that's a lot of work on them. Or, you know, or let's change the fields on your form, but then you have a bunch of back-end programming you have to do in your content management system. So you try to avoid situations like that, right? Exactly. Uh, you know, the biggest, uh, the biggest one we try to avoid is database, uh, data changes. Um, and, you know, sometimes that's, uh, sometimes it's worth going through the effort. Uh, we don't tend to do that at first because there's so much to go after. But, um, you know, there comes a time in the program, uh, for us usually about three or four months into the program, where we start taking on those bigger, um, bigger issues. Sometimes taxonomy itself, some, the actual structure of the site sometimes um, needs to be changed. Yeah, and um, but by then, hopefully, you've built up the psychological momentum with the client. You have a series of successes. You've quantified those and said, here's what the annualized value of those improvements is, how much money we've made you, right? So exactly. They're, they're much more receptive to trying stuff that, that you suggest. Yes, exactly. And, it, you know, there's no difference um, and this goes back to that big company uh, atmosphere is you need to do the things that matter to the business and, and business needs to drive technology and we we sit on the business side of things even though we we work with uh, the web you know the website um, and as as business goes you need to do the right things and that's that's really where we start focusing after that first you know few months of low hanging fruit okay and then at, at that point what kind of discussions are you having though i mean some of these things are a little more fundamental uh so are you talking to the principals of the company and what kind of what are those discussions sound like because i'm sure this is familiar to some of our listeners sure yeah um 
you know, we're usually dealing with the principals or the VPs of the company, um, smaller organizations where people can get things done. And we're explaining to them, you know, it might be a case where um, they need a new cart um, and checkout process for, you know, because they're working with antiquated uh, technology. Um, might be a case where they uh, need to uh, do something dramatic within their cart and checkout process, such as, uh you know, uh, in some cases, we recommend taking out the uh, the gates, uh, like uh, new. I mean, the, the requ- requirement to create an account before you can even give them your money. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. One of my all time favorites. I rail against that in the second edition of my landing page optimization book. I can't right. believe people still do that. And, and and so that's a fundamental. You know, with antiquated uh, carts, um, checkout systems. That's that's a hard one to. You know, really means sometimes moving to a new system. And and you know, there'll be things like drop cart programs uh, where companies have never sent emails before, um, but uh, you know, because they have an abandonment cart pro, um, problem, uh, we recommend that. And that there's also call tracking for instance we we like to track phone calls and uh um as goals and companies have never done that before or they already have existing call tracking so you know sometimes a lot of it's around the ar- the just the architecture of being a mature testing organization and getting the right tools in place. Um we always take on home pages um usually right after that low-hanging fruit period so and you can understand how um political uh and dramatic a home change oh well well, let's talk about that you know yeah of course home pages are like that old joke what's a camel a horse designed by committee well that's your typical home page right everybody wants to have their input and then death by a thousand cuts because it's not a coherent whole anymore but when you have the home page discussion uh how do you step through the minefield without getting blown up you know, the more people involved, the harder it is. Um, that's the general rule. So large companies, it's very difficult. Um, the smaller the company, the easier. We we rely a lot on, on um, you know, priming them, letting them know what we're going to do, making the actual recommendation. And this is months in after we've gr- grown to know the business and, and really know right. what their customers want. Mm-hmm. And then we um, we make the recommendation and if we have any uh, fight back, um, any pushback, we you know we say let's test it. Let's just run this out to uh, a sample of your traffic and let's test this home page. And I can only recall one time where it, that even got rejected. So it's it's usually offering the test is way to handle it. Okay, well, so it sounds like you, you kind of ease them into it. Well, we're going to take a, a break uh, here for another word from our sponsors. But when we come back, I want to hear about your vagabond days, just you, a bicycle, and a blue tent for a year in Europe. Sure. <laughs> All right, we'll be back in two minutes after this uh, break from our sponsors. This is Tim Ash with LPO, Landing Page Optimization. More LPO, Landing Page Optimization, in just a moment. How far do your ads reach? You don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through performance. Location 3 Media, 
helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit Location3Media.com. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Radio's Virtual Autobahn. WebmasterRadio.fm, moving at the speed of light. WebmasterRadio.fm, we're everywhere. Welcome back to LPO, landing page optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash. I'm speaking with Keith Hagen, the co-founder of Conversion IQ, and we were just talking about his his lazy days. I think you went to college, Keith, and uh, then decided you didn't, you weren't ready for a day job yet. So tell us about what you did. Yeah, um, I graduated uh, in the mid nineties um, in Canada, and there weren't, weren't actually a lot of jobs, Tim, uh, in the city I lived in, Ottawa, Ontario. So yeah, unless you um, want to work for the government, the federal government, right? <laughs> exactly. And who yeah. wants to do that? <laughs> right. And. And, and you know everybody was pretty much going somewhere uh south korea um japan e- uh england um french canadians were heading over to france and and belgium um you know we were uh so you know i decided to go over to england and i lived there for uh a year and i i i earned money i saved uh every pence i i could uh in a little little jar underneath my my bed and um uh, worked as a waiter, got tips, did my best, and uh, with that, uh, after working for a year, I saved up enough money to um, uh, to do two things: to go cycling around Europe and to head back to Canada for grad school. Um, so after about uh, five months sitting on a beach in southern Italy, I decided that I'd rather keep going than go to grad school. So <laughs> I uh, <laughs> what a big surprise! It- <laughs> <laughs> and and you know by that time I had uh, you know I was cycling with my girlfriend at the time and uh, from England and it was just it's a great way of life um, and then I, I I 
kept cycling until I had every penny spent and I was sitting on a beach in the south of France waiting for my parents to wire me money <laughs> so I could get back to England to work. Well, like so. it's no, no wonder you didn't want to get back to work. You forgot to tell me that you had a girlfriend in a little blue tent all year. <laughs> <laughs> that sure makes it a lot more fun. All right. Well, well, on that note, uh, so if you are um, just – if you had advice for companies the the kind that that you work with you know that are kind of uh want to outsource this uh what are the three biggest kind of pitfalls you'd have them watch out for yeah i think the biggest pitfall i'd have them watch out for is um uh quick results so everybody wants uh the uh, the silver bullet um there is low hanging fruit and you can act on it fairly quickly but uh, there needs to be realistic expectations. Um, but what does that mean? What do you so, mean by realistic expectations? So realistic expectations is that you're going to double your conversion rate in the first you know, month, for instance. Um, <laughs> what? That, that, that doesn't going to happen? Not, you know, you can make that happen with landing pages or singular pages, but when you're talking about an overall website with pr- different product lines and categories, you know, it, it's normally it's normally not that easy. Uh, there are some quick wins that can get you some great results that everyone's happy with, but um, there's you know there there's real risk in, in in having too many expectations and also coming into it too desperate um it's something that you don't want to wait until all your sales are you know your sales have uh decreased uh, i always tell i always tell our customers on a website if you don't do anything over a year period you you can expect your conversion rate to go down 10 10 to 20% by just not doing anything because your competitors are are still doing things or you know that's that sort of thing um but so it's kind of like inflation. There's always kind of like some core level of inflation. Whatever money you have, whatever stock or value your company has, is decreasing over time. Exactly. Yes, and and that's what's happening. You're you're by not doing anything, um, you're going to be hurting yourselves. And 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 time moves on. Design moves on. The reason for continuous improvement and and, and incremental improvement is so that you don't fall behind the times. Um, you know, nobody can remember. Uh, uh, you know, the last time Yahoo really had a full redesign. But if you look back at it from five years ago, it. it it's dramatically different, and that's that they're they're masters at continuous improvement and continuous improvement design, and that's what companies need. So it's waiting too long, and then having and then being in crisis and uh, expect, having high expectations. That's probably the number one thing. Um, okay, you, yeah. Uh, others that you run into on a regular basis. Redesign people redesigning without. Um, uh, Without need, so you know if if a redesign's needed, that's great. Um, that's usually when technology's changing, your business is changing, or your site is just so antiquated you need to um, you need to do some major things to it. Um, but you know, I'd, say, I'd I'm guessing ninety percent of websites that get redesigned didn't actually need the redesign. They could have gone through continuous improvement um, because redesign offers a lot of risk. You can uh, you can risk a lot, and that's often uh, where we get calls is in post-redesign chaos, um, where people uh, lost something, uh, well, lost sales. 
Well, well, yeah, and I'd like to, yeah, I've seen that uh, where the agency comes in and redesigns it. And, and sorry, folks, uh, run generalist kind of online marketing, advertising agencies out there, but you shouldn't be in the lead of redesigning anything because the, the redesign, the only purpose for a redesign should be to improve the efficiency of the business. So, I mean, I think you really need, we have this service called the Strategic Jumpstart, for example, to give you a blueprint for a, a redesign website. We don't do coding. We don't do the, the polish and the pretty pictures on top at the very end, but you have to solve the structural problems. You have to go in, like you say, with the end goal in mind of improving conversions. Otherwise, it's just a, uh, you know, an exercise and in, in, uh, without a purpose, the bridge to nowhere. <laughs> it, it is. You know, sometimes we get brought in on redesigns, uh, post-redesign optimization. And too late then, right? It's It's too late, and we try to say, can we look at your previous site and your previous analytics? And with that, we can get enough hindsight to know if the right things were done in the first place. And often we ask the designers um, or the, the site owners, you know, where did the, where did the hindsight, you know, what did you learn from your previous site? And they say, most of the time they say, oh, I didn't think to do that. Um, right. Well, we just we just knew we needed quote unquote knew we needed a redesign, right? Right. Right. And they started off with another best guess, which is why they didn't like the last site because it was just <laughs> a best guess. So right. turning to redesign, um, that's that's probably the number two thing. I okay. Well, unfortunately, yeah, we, I asked for three, but we're out of time, <laughs> uh, and I, I you know wish we could keep talking more. Uh, if folks want to reach out to you and get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Are you going to be at any upcoming shows, or um, you know, is there a blog you want to you know, point people to? Yeah, um, the best place uh, is our website, conversioniq.com, and we have a blog on there. Uh, we try to keep evergreen content on there, so um, hopefully that's a good resource for people. And the um, as far as speaking goes, I or speaking and attending shows, we plan to be exhibiting at IRC in um, in Florida this this February. That's Internet Retailer. Yep, coming up in in February again at yep. the, at their web design show. Terrific. Well, yep. and then uh, if of course uh, you know you're always welcome back at Conversion Conference. Our next one's also in Florida, and in fact in Fort Lauderdale near Miami, October 9th and 10th. And for our loyal Webmaster Radio listeners, you can use the promo code WMFM to get $100 off of your registration. I think the early bird's coming up, uh, so get those tickets. They're going fast. Thanks again, Keith. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks. And uh, we'll see you next time on LPO, Landing Page Optimization. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm.